Welcome to the Data Points podcast focused on the importance of data in a 21st century world. We discuss data-centric topics such as fundamentals of data management and use, strategies for building buy-in within organizations, the crucial role that communities play in this important work, and so much more. My name is Rose Rodriguez, and I am Senior Advisor at Cities of Service, Cities of Service began in 2009 to help mayors engage residents to solve problems and is now housed within the Centers for Civic Impact at Johns Hopkins University. In this role, I work closely with city leaders around the country, providing technical assistance to help them create effective resident engagement programming. I work with cities to help them think through program design, management, implementation, facilitating conversations with other city leaders, and anything really that helps meet the very specific needs of the cities. Today, we are taking a look at Cities of Service's Love Your Block program, a program designed to empower community residents to revitalize their blocks and neighborhoods through volunteerism. We will be hearing directly from a city official in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, who actually implemented the Love Your Block program in her city. And we will also be hearing from Urban Institute, which conducted a two-year formative evaluation on the program. So today we are joined by Mary Bogle, Principal Research Associate, Matthew Gerken, Research Associate at Urban Institute, and we're also very excited to have with us Milzy Carrasco, Director of Neighborhood Engagement for the City of Lancaster. Thank you all so much for being here today. Thank you for having us, Rose. So let us go around and do some quick introductions. Why don't we start with you, Milzy? Thank you. First of all, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity um, to be here with you and share about the work that's happening here in Lancaster and that opportunity, the special opportunity that we had um, to work alongside Matt and Mary um, through their Urban Institute reports that we're, we're, I'm sure we'll be talking about um, later on. But my name is Milzy Carrasco. I'm the Director of Neighborhood Engagement for the City of Lancaster. Um, I started here at the city in 2018. Um, in a fairly new department and 100% focus on not only external engagement, working with residents and developing programming, but also um, developing processes internally for our project managers and city departments related to engagement. So thank you for having me. Awesome. Mary, do you want to go next? Sure. Thanks for having uh, the Urban Institute folks, Rose. Uh, my name is Mary Bogle. I'm a principal research associate uh, in the Metropolitan Housing and Communities Policy Center at the Urban Institute. My research generally focuses on policies and place-based interventions that help low-income parents in particular. I, I have an early childhood and planning background but my research specifically focuses on how parents surmount the economic equity and mental health challenges that often interfere with their efforts to create healthy, productive, and protective environments for their children. In recent years, I've gotten most interested in how social networks deliver results, uh, hence the LYB studies, and uh, also in the, the cash-based social policy movement. I've had some research that I've, uh, and work I've done in that. 
In terms of Love Your Block, we have been, and I've been the principal investigator for two studies of Love Your Block, the first cohort of five studies that was launched by Cities of Service in 2005. We did a study on social connectedness. And then there's been this more recent study um, that started in 2000 uh, on the cohort of 10 cities that started in 2018. And that has been, that was a more, this has been a more general outcome study. All right. And last, but certainly not least, we have Matt. Yes. Uh, and thank you again for, for having us today. Uh, so, yeah, my name is Matthew Gerken. I'm a research associate at Urban Institute. Um, and my research broadly focuses on affordable housing, homelessness, and community development. Um, but during the pandemic, it's really focused on, um, you know, existing inequities that have really uh, come to light during the pandemic, housing instability, homelessness, um, and like really looking at opportunities that cities have taken advantage of to respond to the great need. And Love Your Block is a great model for that. And I'm really um, excited for this opportunity to chat through what we learned. And as Mary said, I was part of the, the second evaluation, which we just recently finished up. Um, which is on our website now, and then did a little bit of uh, work just summarizing what cities have done in Love Your Block to respond to COVID. So before we dive into the engagement with Lancaster, I wanted to go over a little bit about our organization and the Love Your Block program and what it is and what it attempts to accomplish. Our mission at Cities of Service is to help mayors and city leaders engage their citizens more effectively and authentically. We believe that leadership and citizens need to be talking to one another and working together to figure out problems and priorities in their cities that need to be addressed in order to attain a more vibrant and healthier place to live. Our approach is to bring stakeholders at all levels to the table, from city leadership to everyday citizens. We want them to come together to work in tandem to identify these areas of need and roll up their sleeves and work on a solution together. Love Your Block aims to do just that. It's our flagship program. It's a high impact service strategy that connects city leadership with community residents to help bring communities together to revitalize their neighborhoods one block at a time. The program is typically structured as a mini grant program in which the city provides small grants to support volunteer field solutions developed by the community itself. From turning vacant littered lots into usable community space like gardens and parks or trash and graffiti removal, residents can use these resources to make their neighborhoods better and safer places to live. The Love Your Block program has been around since 2010. And since then we've been able to support directly 25 cities um, develop and implement Love Your Block in their city. This is actually the second study that we've commissioned with Urban Institute about Love Your Block. We know that, uh, and I'm talking to Matt and, and Mary now, so feel free to jump in. You know, you've done a ton of studies and I know in conversations you've mentioned how special Love Your Block is. Do you wanna tell us a little bit about what you've learned that you feel makes Love Your Block such a special program? Sure, Matt, why don't you go first, Matt? Yeah, so I really think 
but there are multiple layers of impact. Um, and the Lancaster example is a great one to point to. And I'm sure Milzy will will chat about what all the great things that Lancaster has done. Broadbase, as part of our evaluation, we really looked at, you know, what are the cities doing to make progress on key outputs and outcomes? So, you know, they they track progress that they were able to use their mini-grant projects for to pick up trash, to revitalize vacant lots, uh, homes that are in disrepair. Um, and the cities have done great things on that front. And, you know, our report, we listed kind of what each city was able to accomplish. Lancaster was able to clean almost a ton of trash, had multiple grounds that they were able to clean. So there, there's this like intro layer where we're, we're making progress in certain outcomes and outputs. And then I think it kind of goes up to another level, right, where we have all these different resident connections. We have mini grant projects where folks are connecting with each other, with partnering organizations, with City Hall to make actual progress and help City Hall better respond to the needs of its residents. So that's where I really see the value add. We, we did a lot of work in our evaluation tracking the social networks that folks had who were participating. And I'm sure Mary will go into more detail on some of this too. Um, but just the role that a lot of these folks had on these projects and what they're able to achieve was was really inspiring. Yeah, I think for me, and I, because I uh, have been PI over two studies here, the first one focusing almost solely on social connectedness, using qualitative methods primarily, this second study really gave us an opportunity to go deeper, as Matt has uh, discussed, on what is it about the social networks that LYB, the Love Your Block program, forges between city leaders and citizens at the neighborhood level that is so important as a catalyst for collective action. And I think that's what we've observed and we're able to document even more clearly. It was something we were able to infer from a great deal of our data in the first study using qualitative methods, but being able to combine some of the administrative data and the great work, um, the areas of work that Matt primarily led up for the um, urban team on really getting underneath the social network building to what the, how we would connect metrics to that and policy outcomes to that. You know, Matt and his colleague, Chris Davis, both came up with these great social network maps. And we show one, we build out one for Lancaster in particular through some methodology we used. And it's very interesting to see the combination of social cohesion and social capital. Those are two kind of different things, both within the social connectedness realm that is formed by the LYB neighborhood core teams, particularly their leaders that extend back to the networks at the neighborhood level, like neighbors, to people like Milsey, and even the mayors, depending on how connected the mayors are, and that's a choice by each city. I mean, that's one of the things we've seen is that it becomes more special the deeper into the mayor's office to the mayor herself you go. Because what happens is, is that the neighbors then are able to leverage the influence and resources in a different kind of way than just, say, using a 311 line would uh, cause for them. Uh, so I think that, to me, it's this direct connection between city officials and some of the movers and shakers in, in, in the case of Love Your Block, often disinvested neighborhoods that are facing equity challenges that makes it the most special to me. I mean, otherwise, 
you can say, geez, they picked up a lot of trash, and they did. It's amazing how much trash got picked up. 299,997 pounds of trash and cleaned 1,040 acres of vacant grounds across the 10 cities in the second, removed 1,313 square feet of graffiti, created 637 new features like pocket parks, and planted 146 trees just in the second cohort. That's not even the first study. That's the, the second 10 group of cities started in 2018. Those are amazing results. But to me, the really special thing is this uh, connection that gets forged that sort of turbo powers the neighborhood level efforts between cities and neighborhood leaders. That is a lot of work to get done in two years. Millsy is a powerhouse. I've seen it on my site visits, on conversations. Um, so I think this this is a good place to hear directly from Millsy about uh, our work together in, in Lancaster and just some notable points of engagement um, with the Love Your Block program. Yes. So thank you, Rose. And Matt and Mary, I couldn't agree with you more. It's awesome to activate residents and give them access. And that's really the tools that Love Your Block provides to city residents. And the most incredible connection is the connection um, to city leadership and providing that access to our residents. And that's what really elevates this work. So couldn't agree with you more. Super excited about the report that came out and how all those social grams, social grams um, connected everything. So it was it was a great visual. And if you haven't seen it, I um, encourage you to please check out the report. Um, Matt, great job on that. So in Lancaster, so um, in 2018, Mayor Deneen Sirachi came into administration and she was elected as mayor. And prior to being elected as, as mayor, she canvassed and knocked on almost 20,000 doors here in the city of Lancaster and overwhelmingly heard from residents um, that super excited about what's going on in our downtown, um, but really wanted to see some of that activation and development and creation within our neighborhoods. So the first thing that she did when she came into um, the administration was to establish a Department of Neighborhood Engagement within her mayor's office, um, which is really powerful. So it's really elevating. What does that say to people? It says the importance of residents is her priority. Um, and putting the Department of Neighborhood Engagement within her office is really elevating residents' concerns to the top, right? And so um, for strategic priorities, strong neighborhoods is, um, I would say, primarily the number one. I, you know, I'm, and I'm biased with that, <laughs> of course. And shortly after she established this department, she hired me. And um, I remember going into her office and just asking her, like, you know, what are your goals? And she said, we got to start with asking residents. And so she, alongside some other staff and volunteers, um, after I was, uh, after I started here, we started to canvas again um, neighborhoods and talk to schools and kids and businesses and just ask, like, um, what do you love about your neighborhood? What are your key concerns overall? What are your feel? What's your feel for city government? And that really, that information gave us the foundation of just understanding what people needed. And so the number one thing that we, um, one of those elements that came out of, or the themes that came out of that survey was really um, people wanted to um, be activated in their neighborhoods. They wanted to have safe streets, access to, you know, 
clean streets and neighborhoods, know their neighbors, but they didn't know how to engage with their neighbors, you know? So that was really like the foundation of the work for the first couple of months. And then we had this incredible opportunity to apply. We saw this um, grant opportunity through Cities of Service um, related to Love Your Block. It provides two AmeriCorps VISTAs as well as um, $25,000 for grants for um, citizen resident-led initiatives. And it was perfect because it was literally, it just lined up. It was literally what um, residents were asking for. And it really did become, and it still is a foundation of the work that we're doing in the Department of Neighborhood Engagement. And so, Milza, you touched a little bit on this, uh, but something that was really wonderful to see in Lancaster was that the city really embraced Love Your Block in such a holistic way. It became part of a broader city strategy. And I remember early on in the conversation, you started talking about Love Your Block beyond just this small block by block program. Do you want us? Uh, do you want to walk us through um, the city's decision to take this approach and how you went about it? Absolutely. So um, just referencing back to um, the strategic plan for the mayor's priority. Um, So it's strong neighborhoods, secure income, sound government, and safe streets. And so how are we going to actually approach the strategic priorities? And with the leadership team, we all decided it has to happen at a block level, literally like at a block by block level. Each block is different each concern of the neighborhoods are different. And so we can't generally assume and change policy across the city when each neighborhood in each block is facing a different set of challenges or, you know, uh, or positives, you know, on their block. So we developed a block by block um, approach and we really started to look at the data. We started a block strength indicator, which actually um, help helps us elevate the most needed of blocks in the city. And that's how our our apartment approaches the planning efforts on how do we engage and how do we um, actually engage also with all our city departments. Milsey, you mentioned it has to happen at the block level, and I 100% agree. Um, But it does start with leadership buy-in, right? Um, So making sure that leadership supports this idea of community engagement. Mary, did the importance of leadership translate in the data at all? What were you finding in the study? One of the, I mean, just to sort of, you know, pivot off of everything um, uh, Mills, you said, which is, I think she really just captured perfectly what we saw in the data and through this sociogramming and outcome mapping process we did, which by the way, we're doing a technical brief on for people who really are sort of want to geek out on this stuff is there were what you call four central nodes of people at the city level connecting out to over 40, and by the way, it was much larger than 40, but over 40 neighborhood residents and staff, we were able to map through the data collection instruments that we used when we were in our site visit connections between four people, Milsey, Mayor Sorace, and the two VISTAs, which I hope we get to talk about how important the VISTAs are to love your block. One of the things we really saw in Lancaster, and this is why I say Lancaster is so special, is that it showed the power of the mayor being attached to these. Because I'll tell you, one, the difference between Milsey as a central node and the mayor as a central node is that Milsey and her VISTA team 
is those folks are very, you know, Milsey's like a general, right? She's out there marshalling the troops. The mayor is commander in chief. Didn't put her hands on much, right? She's an executive. She's got to keep moving, doing policy. But what she did was she got out there and met the people on the ground, motivated them, told her she cared. But at the center, a central node, when we talked to those neighborhood activists, they all said they knew the mayor, felt like the mayor was behind them. So every time somebody came out of their house and picked up a piece of trash, so this was leveraging citizens to say, our, na- our block is not going to be a wash and trash. We are going to be that much more beautiful here on this Howard Avenue um, in Lancaster, and we're going to make that happen. The mayor, a central node, everybody knew her. We were stunned when we mapped that, actually. I didn't see that one coming. I knew Milsey and the Vistas were going to show up on the sociogram. But the fact that the mayor is as big as Milsey, that tells you something about Lancaster. And that's not necessarily true of all the Love Your Black programs. I appreciate that, Mary. And I couldn't agree with you more. So, you know, just one of the examples um, when we awarded, when we made our announcements and awarded the Love Your Black grants, the mayor went out with myself and the Maricorps Vistas. And before we even had a press release, we knocked on, ev- she knocked on everyone's door and gave their awards and um, acknowledged that they received the Love Your Block. And she was just so thankful for that. So imagine doing that for every single person. And it's 30 plus um, folks that have now received um, the Love Your Block grant. So, um, extremely committed and that is the foundation of the work so we we're unique and we have this leader that really believes in resident engagement and supporting the work of the residents i second everything that was just said about leadership and mayor sirachi uh was i met her once during a site visit and i feel like i know her that's how personable and approachable and authentic she is so it's wonderful to see that that translated not only in the impact of the Love Your Black program on the ground, but also it's, it's reflective in the data um, that the Urban Institute was able to collect. We can't walk away today without at least touching on the impact that COVID had on our work and our cities in general. In Lancaster, I think, uh, and all of the Love Your Block cities, but in Lancaster in particular, COVID helped highlight the agility of the city to respond through community volunteers. As a funder, Cities of Service also had to be sure to become more flexible. And Milsey and I were having conversations about what makes sense given the new state of the world. So Milsey, do you want to talk us through some of the the changes that you had to to navigate in response to COVID. Absolutely, thank you, Rose. Um, so prior to um, March 13th, that's the official date here. You know, for the city of Lancaster, when everything started to shut down. Prior to that, you know, I think our, our and I know our de- uh, Department of Neighborhood Engagement was something really exciting for departments, and still in the process of figuring out, you know how to incorporate engagement into their planning processes. And so all of a sudden we're on this shutdown and we have citywide projects that need to continue. They're under a consent decree, a timeline. Communications needed to increase related to what's going on at at City Hall. 
And so our department where it was more as this is a nice tool to have, all of a sudden we became like the kings and queens of City Hall. Everyone was calling us. So it was it was exciting. And also we had to take a step back and just understand like how can we respond? How can we really support some of these projects? And how can we increase engagement and knowledge to our residents of um, what's going on? So here at the city, we really didn't have an official communications team. And so all of a sudden, we're piecing together a communications team from all departments. And and in addition to that, um, as you know, Mary and Matt and Rose, I am the engagement person, you know, for the city. So um, one of the challenges is capacity, certainly through this work. And so how can we establish an engagement process? And then thirdly is how can we really activate people during a time that's so scary? It was very scary. You know, how can we still bring some joy to our residents? So the first thing that we did was, A, we formed a communications team. B, um, we went to an online um, public participation platform, to um, which is called Engage Lancaster. And so we moved along very quickly on establishing a platform where folks can come and get informed. And then thirdly, we really transitioned the Love Your Block program. Traditionally, it was larger grants of $2,500 or plus. And we transitioned them to Love Your Block. Despite COVID, we're here to help grants. So we were able to start connecting with folks that are at home that we didn't have a connection with. Tons of artists started to apply um, for the grants. So we we released them in um, spring of 2020, received an incredible response. The mayor was on a Facebook Live that she started um, weekly, uh, daily, actually daily Facebook Lives and would make the announcements of the city residents that were receiving the Love Your Block grants. Really transformed engagement to a whole new level. We had an opportunity to engage folks that didn't, folks that were actually traditionally um, not trusting of government. Now we actually have them communicating with us and applying for the grant. And we started to see really creative things happening. Um, People, you know, delivering food for folks um, at home, making masks. We had a photographer um, go around and do porch portraits of families throughout all of the neighborhoods. We had another artist that started a COVID um, quarantine coloring book and took images and actually designed them and made coloring books for kids in the neighborhood. In addition to that, we also had an opportunity to work with our public art department and establish COVID positive murals throughout the city. So we work with 10 different artists, local artists, and um, you can actually see them on um, the Cities of of Service website. It was really an an amazing opportunity to engage with um, artists in our community in a very different way than we've had in the past. That's great. And I can't emphasize enough how the creative approach that you took in Lancaster, for example, with the Acts of Kindness grants, it reached other cities within the cohort, right? So it went beyond just Lancaster. Other cities within the Love Your Black cohort decided to adopt a similar strategy, and we saw a lot of wonderful projects come of that. Not sure if uh, Mary, Matt, anything we can add, anything that you saw in the study come out in terms of COVID response from the rest of the cohort? Yeah, I'll jump in real quick. Um, So as part of the evaluation, we surveyed the 10 cities, um, just asking them, you know, how have you used COVID given how unprecedented a lot of these challenges are? And almost all the cities said that 
love your block gave them such a big leg up in responding, looking for opportunities to reimagine resident engagement. So we heard a lot of folks say, we've been doing more virtual connections with residents. We're using uh, door tags to help communicate community needs so that uh, you know, we're able to maintain social distancing while also being responsive to community needs. We also had a lot of cities say that they were doing pretty innovative ideas to help communities respond. So, you know, increasing access to virtual platforms like Zoom and similar meeting platforms, providing PPE, cleaning supplies, and one city or maybe a few cities kind of really addressing the digital divide that the pandemic has created and enabling folks to access internet, folks going to school, using Wi-Fi enhancers to help folks gain access to to internet. So it was really a, a great opportunity, many cities said. We also heard just, you know, the level of coordination that Love, uh, Love Your Block was able to produce within City Hall itself gave them a big leg up, you know, allowing a more concerted response to COVID within City Hall um, and having folks that they can talk to internally. So yeah, I think that that's kind of what we heard from cities. Right. I also want to take just a minute to give kudos to the Urban Institute team because capturing the COVID response in our cities wasn't part of the initial study design, as you can imagine. So um, it took agility and creativity and flexibility on all fronts in order to be able to understand what was happening on the ground um, because of this global pandemic. We were inspired by your agility, Rose, and the agility <laughs> of Cities of Service uh, and in doing this program. Uh, we really felt like, hey, they're going to bat. We're going to go to bat. And I really, you know, the, a lot of the credit does go to Matt. I've mentioned another colleague, Chris Davis, and my co-PI, Leah Edmonds, um, for just getting in there swinging. You know, I've done a lot of work in the collective impact field over the course of my um, career. And collective impact as a model is great, but it is a lot. Hard. A lot, a lot. Hard. And because it requires all kinds of people to come around a table for endless meetings. And one of the things about Love Your Block and its attachment to sort of new localism, which was is about sort of forming new partnerships to solve problems at the local level. Um using federal and state resources, but understanding that the nexus of problem solving is really on the ground. Love Your Block is a much less cumbersome way to do it than collective impact models, I must say. Uh, so I, I hope you guys keep running with this model because I think there's a great deal of promise in it. Thanks, Mary. Um, and Milsey, let's talk a little bit about the pain points of being able to run Love Your Block during the, the pandemic. Um, what did success take in your city and what were some of the pitfalls? Yes. Um, so I'm glad that you asked that. There is one success that I want to make sure that I um, share with you guys is um, when we first started Love Your Block, we started it with a group of neighbors on Howard Avenue from the resident engagement that happened at um, through residents and canvassing there and just understanding what the needs were. We saw that sidewalks and the street condition was really a concern. And there was a lot of folks with handicap concerns. There was a lot of accessibility concerns on the street, and it's an older street. So with the residents, we were actually um, encouraged to apply for a Keystone grant 
um, and we received the grant. And um, this fall, we'll, we will be working on repaving and actually reconstructing all of the sidewalks through Howard Avenue. And that started with Love Your Block. So, that's um, so exciting. It is super exciting. And so that's an outcome, Matt, for you and Mary to add to the report. <laughs> so, so now that's how the city administration is responding to, right? Really listening to residents. Some of the key points, Rose, um, that's really, has been really exciting, positive, is the overwhelming embrace of the program the overwhelming interest to have projects incorporating engagement early on. So it's really has been a project management mind shift where we're incorporating more of engagement into the beginning of the process as it should be. So that's really exciting. Um, some of the key points also is departments allocating times and resource with staff and administrative staff towards an engagement. So we've been always centralized and how can we really decentralize some of this work? And so that happened over the, the past year. And so working um, with our directors here and having them understand like this work is really important. It's not resourced well, like how can we help support that? So that's been really exciting. I, you know, I want to just follow up on what you're saying, Milzy, because across Love Your Block, I would say the biggest pain point is the sustainability of the effort. It is so intensely reliant on relationships like those Milzy and the mayor have forged and the Vistas have forged that there's two um, turnover problems, what I'll call turnover problems that can happen, which is it's not just capacity within Milsey's group, like that can be managed. She's talking about managing through that. But it's, you know, what happens when a Milsey moves on in her life to another job and she's not there and she's dynamic or the mayor. I mean, how many times have I seen in my work, a mayoral administration turning over and everything collapses, like whatever was being done. And so that's always a problem in terms of any municipal effort, but it's kind of mirrored at the neighborhood level because of the love your block model. We saw and heard about leaders who were moving on, like they were just moving houses even. They were just moving to another part of town. And then so all that kind of energy and dynamism they brought to the project went with them. And I, as great as I think Love Your Block is, I think this is a probably the biggest problem to be cracked. You almost have to start a turnover, uh, what do you call it, a legacy model where a founder, you know, it's like founder syndrome. You have to start cultivating the next tier of leadership, the, those same people who have dynamism and have time who could step into the shoes because you never know when someone's going to move to a new neighborhood. You never know when somebody's going to get a new job. And these are less cumbersome than collective impact by a long shot, but, but the Achilles heel is that relationship turnover can occur. Thank you, Mary. And we certainly are sensitive of that. And so that's why it's so important to decentralize some of the work that we're doing here internally. And you're absolutely right. The more people that we can get trained through the Neighborhood Leaders Academy, it's like a top priority here. We actually are in our third cohort. Last night, we had our third session, which was on public safety, and it was hot and heavy on, on that call. So yes, really exciting, really exciting times here. Well, and I'm going to say, Milzy, that you're a good example in that you you are very hard to replace in Lancaster. And I think the mayor would agree with me. In fact, uh, I'm sure in our interview so with the mayor, she's saying your praises because you as a node were bringing forward 
some of these policy ideas from the ground that were coming, you know, like the access that the, the, the ideas of the people at the street level were coming up through you. And part of it was you. And so the thing is, it's not that you can't be replaced. We can all be replaced. It's people have to be really thoughtful that if this is predicated on relationships, you do need to find the millsies of the world. You need hiring and recruitment processes that get you to those very dynamic community engagement, community organizing minded people. Even the mayor, all the energy she had going door to door. I mean, that is that's that's the um, that's the part that you have to figure out mechanisms for. How do you replace that, Nelsie? Any advice or recommendations for other cities looking to accomplish this kind of work in their own cities? Absolutely. So I think the the number one thing both Mary and I just touched on, right? And so it's great establishing this program, but. And it's so important for it to live on past anyone's um, employment. And so um, here internally, as I mentioned, a really decentralized model and training other folks. But also one of those um, key elements that I want to touch on is residents told us about accessibility and not feeling accessible to City Hall. After we spoke to them a little bit more, it was really about 40% of our um, population are Hispanic speakers, and there wasn't really this um, language access that was happening at City Hall. So now we have a language access coordinator, again, coming from what residents have asked for. Her name is Zyra Falu, and she also helps me um, related to engagement work. Now we have an opportunity through CBDG funds, working with our community planning team. And so they want to also hire another engagement person. So as many people that come in, is just really passing the knowledge and the opportunity to them. And so that's really like the focus this year. Through all of this work, we have an opportunity. Our department is in merger. So now I'm overseeing the Lancaster Office of Promotion. So uh, now, you know, with we have strong neighborhoods priorities. So how can we continue to do the work that we're doing? And now we're actually expanding a whole huge visitor center and department that's going to be focused on our neighborhoods and engaging event planning, as well as welcoming our city residents into a visitor center. And that, again, came from residents, you know, asking for more access. So really exciting time. I think one of the challenges is for me, my background hasn't been in government. And so coming in with like, oh, we can get this done. You know, here we have like our commander in chief saying like, oh yeah, we're going to change some processes. We're going to focus on engagement. It's going to be what's going to be the focus of um, this administration and not fully understanding the dynamics within government. And, you know, that we have ordinances, laws that we have to follow. And so that was, I think, early on some of the challenges that we ran into, but now it's been, you know, three years into this, like it's been everyone really embracing like, yeah, let's take a look at this. Let's better understand this and let's see what we can do. And if we can't do anything, at the very least, we did look at the policy and we try to challenge it. So three years ago, not so open to that where we are today. Oh, Mayor Sirachi, come here, please. Oh, the mayor's here. We're literally, we've been talking about you for the last hour. This is Hi, Mayor Sirachi. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm just on my way out for lunch and it's so nice to see all of you. Hi, we've just Rose. been talking about how accessible you oh. are and how you were sort of an X factor in the whole project. And here you are, show, <laughs> like showing up in Millsy's office. This is 
it's a lot. I think it also speaks to like Lancaster is a perfect size city. I'm now thinking I'm going to go to a middle mid-sized city, you know? Yeah. Come. We'll put you to work, Mary. <laughs> I bet. I bet. You guys are hard. I was very tempted. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I just like, this is the gift that keeps on giving you all. So I hope, you know, like it's just, um, there's so many tentacles to this initial investment in the city and, there's a lot of them that have uh, taken shape because of the work that uh, came from Cities of Service and Love Your Block, which is really cool. Have a great day, everybody. Carry on. Excellent. Thank <laughs> you Bye. for Thanks coming. Thanks for popping in. Yeah, that's amazing. All right. So I can talk to this group forever. You guys have been amazing. Milzy, it's been such a fun and rewarding two years working with you. I am thrilled. I love you guys. I, we're thrilled that the city of Lancaster is carrying the Love Your Block work forward. And I can't wait to see what else you all accomplish through community engagement in your city. Matt, Mary, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone, thank you all for joining us. If you'd like to learn more, you can find us at civicimpact.jhu.edu. Thank you, Rose. Have a great one.